Hello, it's Mandy Stewart with the Secret Message Society podcast. Often I get asked, what is a secret message? What does it mean to me? How do I find them? How do they show up in my life and find me? So this podcast is a way to show real life examples of what secret messages look like to me and how I'm finding them, where I'm finding them, how they're finding me, um, and the, the sort of meaning that they bring to my life. I hope you enjoy. This is Mandy Stewart. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 19 of the Secret Message Society Podcast. This week, I want to look at self-defensiveness as a secret message. This showed up for me when I was interacting with someone who told me that I looked tired. And this is somebody that I often joke around with. So our relationship is a lot of sarcasm and humor and short, punchy, witty back and forths. And we don't really have, we haven't really gone into conversation that's that many times that's much more in depth than that. It's, it's, um, an acquaintance and one of those relationships that you, you, um, you only get like minutes with the person. And so it's, it's just a different sort of feel, um, to those kind of relationships that you don't get lots of sort of quality time with. So I definitely don't, I, I, I'm telling you all this because I definitely wouldn't say that the way I reacted, that I would change it. However, because I, because that is the kind of um, conversations that we have. However, certain conversations can serve as secret messages as you retrospectively in hindsight, reflect on your, the things that you said in conversation, or in this case, um, my response, the way I responded to what was said. And I think it's important to note that like you, you can learn from something without, without feeling like you would change anything in the situation. I wouldn't go forward and feel like this pressure to have a different sort of relationship with this person or to, um, edit how I talked to them or, or any of that. Like it didn't feel heavy in that way that I need to adjust my interactions with this person, but it did feel really exciting and, um, like some potential and possibilities 
lived there, if I was willing to, you know, reflect on my response and play with it a little bit. So I'm sure it's a very human experience to have someone tell you that you look tired and looking tired does not have the feeling tone of like a positive thing to say, right? It's, it's very different from you look great today <laughs> or you look beautiful today or I like your outfit or whatever, you know, our, our compliments. Looking tired, even though it can come from a place of the person is concerned about you or caring about you um, or just speaking truth about you, it can have this kind of knee-jerk, we can have this knee-jerk reaction of wanting to defend ourselves because it, it feels, I think it feels exposed. Like we, our, we our body is giving information that we may have preferred our body not give. <laughs> and so that can feel vulnerable. And in my case, it had come um, from a week of we had had a, a dear motorcycle friend that got killed in an accident. And so I was exactly to the day and almost the time a week out from that that event happening. And so, you know, a week of gathering with friends and family and supporting and going to the the viewing and going to a funeral and just all the the energy and the the feelings that that conjures up in a person and so really yes I was tired <laughs> my response was something like don't you say that to me don't you say that I'm tired I don't want to hear that nonsense or something like that something funny but later when I was thinking about it I thought and, and I kind of played it out in my mind like second version of response for my own sake. And so I responded, I, I saw it as an invitation to practice self-compassion. And so I just played out that conversation, um, on my own with myself responding differently and seeing how that felt. And so I, um, I said to, to myself as if I was having this conversation with this person, you know, I had a, we had a dear friend die this week and relatively new to me friend, but still like some precious endearing moments with this person. Um, and, and there's more, you know, the, there was already other things that were in motion to make me tired, but like that was, that was a big one. And so, yeah, yeah, I am feeling tired. I'm very tired. I'm very 
very tired. And so my body is going to reflect that. And I wonder too, um, you know, when we respond that way, if it doesn't, you know, if it wouldn't have the opportunity to take that conversation a little deeper, um, or to, um, take it into a, a place that we'd never been before in our conversations. And, and I think too, there's this, the secret message for me is that I, I often spin, spin the story so that I have to prove myself, um, that when, when I'm interacting with other people, it requires my, my proof, um, that I am who I say I am, that, that my identity is intact. And this was a real, uh, this was real insight into when I feel like my identity is not intact, that then I don't feel like I'm myself. And I've often found that I have a hard time when it seems that somebody knows something about me that I don't know about myself. Um, or they're offering advice or even just weighing in on something. And that's what it felt like in that moment. Um, like, I don't know that I had thought, I don't, I don't think that's true. I had known that I was tired, but I don't know that I knew it was a reflection, you know, that my body was reflecting that tired feeling. And so this was insight that I was given that I, um, kind of like a mirror, you know, that it was reflected back to me. But I often hear that in such a way that I'm under attack, that, um, somebody is pointing something out about my weakness and therefore it makes them stronger than me. And I just find that really, really interesting because it could so easily be, um, that they want to extend care or concern or, um, they want to take the discussion a different place or, it's, it's generally probably not that thought out. A, a lot of conversation that we have is so spontaneous and in the moment. And I think that's what is uh, interesting about creatives and how we weave stories is that we, we just respond in the moment with whatever comes out. But then the two parties can go away and can fill the, the silence, you know, the gap of the conversations over, but I'm still thinking about it and fill that gap with a story and make a story about it, about, um, why things were said that were said or, um, you know, what, what that meant when they said that. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, it can be a really poor use of our creative resources to spin up a story that's against us that's based solely on, um, the silence after a conversation. And it really, 
for me too, I think the secret message is in, in this is like to really give a lot of grace to interactive conversations between people because we're often just testing out our, um, our identities, you know, and we're, we're learning things about our identities and really interactions with other people are this brilliant place to get to learn about ourselves and have very little to do with uh, a person trying to intentionally cause harm to us. But they're, they're so, they're like impromptu, you know, it's like, um, it's not, it's not rehearsed. And so when we put so much pressure on conversations like that, um, it doesn't allow much room for grace. And then it, it also requires us to be really perfect in what we say. And often we'll reflect back and wish we had said different things and we're really hard on ourselves in that way too. So all of this, I'm taking all of it as a secret message that, um, conversations with other people, even when they reveal things that may be difficult, that in them is a real opportunity to learn and to shift and to just um, consider a different possibility and consider a different story than, um, than maybe what our gut response is. And gut responses, that kind of impromptu conversation, is so telling to get to the heart of what we really believe or who we really believe we are that that's, that's a big part. If, if I want to like grow in who I am and start to shift, um, it's noticing these subtle things, these that come up in conversation and taking them as, as hints, as clues to what I actually want how I'd prefer to be and then to make subtle changes in who I am and how I'm living. But you really have to have a, a egoless approach. You know, you have to be willing to put aside the, my feelings got hurt or, um, I got embarrassed or I felt called out you know, you have to put that aside and it, and, and even put the other person aside, like not make it about them, um, not turn it into blame. And so those moments of reflection that we have alone, I think are so powerful and crucial and part of the journey of looking for secret messages in, in every scenario and secret messages that come up in conversations with other people is, is a, like a minefield of diamonds, I think. A minefield of secret messages that is rarely harvested. If you are new to finding secret messages in your own life, feel free to borrow mine this week. 
be on the lookout for where the theme shows up for you. Happy hunting. May secret messages always find you. Thank you.